It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. Speaking of certified financial planners, got two of them right in front of me, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. That's right. Good to be with you, Mike. Well, graduation season is upon us, isn't it? And uh, whether it's you or your kids or grandkids graduating from high school, they have some choices to make about what's next in life. And each one of those paths that they could take has different financial ramifications. So regardless of the path they choose, we want to help you and your kids succeed financially by getting started on the right one financially. We're going to cover that and more today on Wise Money. I have a little more guilt this graduation season than usual. I'm getting these. We've got some great friends who have graduating seniors, and they're like, okay, here's the graduation party. I'm like, can't make it. Softball. Here's the party. Can't make it. Baseball. Here's the when the party is. Can't make it. We're at a tournament. I feel bad. I feel bad. So... Anyway. Except you probably scheduled all those tournaments and everything, I know, right? I, so I did. I did. Is that by design? No, Mike? no, no, no. All right. Hey, <laughs> it, we've got questions from fans of the show as well. Auto Owners is a special sponsor of the final segment today. So thank you for that. If you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. Submit a question right there on the right. You can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And then all over social media, just search The Wise Money Show. Follow us there. Submit questions there as well yeah so uh so for you when you graduate high school or for your son or daughter or for your grandkids right it it applies to all of you the way i look at it kevin looks at it a little bit differently um pretty much the same but he said it differently (laughs) you've got you've got three options and and you either go off to college okay that's one option you go to work right? Or, or into a trade, that's another option. Or you go into the military, that's another option. And, and Kevin said, uh, oh, you have two options. You go to college or you don't. And if you don't, you get a job or go into the military, which is basically the same thing. <laughs> if you hear me, can I get an amen? It's totally different, Mike. <laughs> can we be real here? But here's the thing. I, I don't, you know, I don't care about that path. I want, I want you to have discernment and, 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 you know, pray about it and, and whatever, make the right choice for you. Okay. But you can still have financial success regardless of that path, regardless of your choice. And so how do you do that? And along the path, what are sort of the potholes? We see those this time of year as well. Uh, What are the potholes to avoid? So let's start with the most common one. Okay. Most people think you graduate high school, you go on to college. And, uh, And so financially, if you're going off to college or you have kids going off to college, grandkids going off to college, Financially, how do you make sure you're making great choices at that point, and what are some big mistakes to avoid? Well, I, I do agree with Kevin, though, that it does seem like for the past several decades, I, it'd be interesting to look back on history here, but I, I'm saying at least my lifetime, it seems like college is almost the default you're just sort of expected to go to college or you ought to go to college. And they've done a fantastic job of, I guess, promoting the fact that, oh, if you go to college and you get a college degree, look at what your earning potential is going to be compared to those who don't. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you could paint this picture of it being a, a great investment that you just have to make. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as the price of school has gone up and, and maybe as there's been some leveling off of, of wages and everything, the ability for everyone to just stumble their way through college and know that that's going to be a great investment that really will pay off it's harder to say that with confidence today than it would have been even 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, I, I tend, I, I know my own experience leaving high school and then going straight to, to college. I, I'm grateful for that. Mm. You know, I, I look at it as a period of extra growing up time. And, um, you know, I, I know my language changed by going through college. I know that my thinking changed. And so, I wrestle with this one because, you know, we all have kids. We're going to be launching them from the nest. Kevin's in the process of launching them from the nest. And and the question, I guess, that we have, just like all of our listeners, is, is college the default? Mm. You know, do, do you push your kids? Do you encourage them to go that route? And, uh, and if so, how do you coach them up to make sure it's successful for them? To me, if they're going that route, whether with your influence or their just strong will or choice, whatever, I, I think financially, college obviously has been a phenomenal investment when you look at the statistics. But, but you've got to be mindful because of how those costs have increased so significantly and how there's, there's so much debt that you could take on to go to college, you've got to be careful with your inputs, uh, the financial inputs. Um, it's not it's not uncommon for us to see someone financially undressed and, and see their the, all of their financial wins and losses and looking at someone's balance sheet and and having folks in their 50s still have student loans or having having folks that are starting to have kids and want to look at making some adjustments, bigger house or or part-time work, and one of them is just saddled with six figures of student loans. And so, and then we've also heard stories about the folks that go off and spend all sorts of money getting a loan on a specialized degree and then don't get a job using that degree. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I very much think college is an investment and would encourage people to look at it that way, and I'd be mindful of the inputs, okay? Um, now, I, I, you can't apply that universally. One of my, one of my best friends uh, graduated from Harvard Law School and has had an amazing career and now is uh, an associate dean and, and all sorts of stuff. Well, he told me about the story that when he graduated from Wisconsin, he got a full-ride offer to law school at another prestigious school, or could pay full freight and go to Harvard. And he grew up poor and said, I got to go to Harvard. I have to, even though it's going to cost me all this money versus it being free. So there's not a universal decision here, but you've got to be mindful of the inputs. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of thinking of it as an investment because that starts to get you out of the emotional realm, the subjective, and into the objective and say, would I be willing to invest this amount of money to get a certain return because there are some degrees and you can look, I mean, this is the great thing about the internet. It's all available. If I pursued this degree at this school, what is it going to cost me? And what, what will I make my first day out of college 
doing this career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Carrington, my oldest, she's in fifth grade, and she actually did that math. I have no idea why and what <laughs> what what it was for, but she came and brought to me um, this uh, this this uh, Google Classroom page about she wanted to go to University of Florida study computer programming, and it was going to cost. She had the the cost for. Um, for the University of Florida, and then multiplied it by four years, and then, and then sat back and told me, "Well, but I, I think I'm going to need a master's, so you're going to have to pay for two more years." Like sat back, like it was an automatic <laughs> thing. And She's then we, quite and, a negotiator. and then Cindy decided to tell her about this little thing called inflation. And you should have seen this look on her face. She was like, "Wait a second, you mean that's not the real price?" But so, so anyway, I, I was actually thankful that that in her. I mean, in elementary school, she's starting to see what the cost of college is going to be. Now, even though she just assumed mom and dad are going to pay for that. Yeah, she brought those costs to you, right? Exactly. (laughs) But at least she's seen what the cost is. Here's the thing, you know, so not only so, so, so maybe going to community college for two years, especially if they, if they, if that's passed where that is fully subsidized by the government and the American's families plan, um, or, or getting started, getting some cheaper per uh, credit cost while you get some of your um, foundational classes underway before you go on to a larger university. I mean, some of those are uh, are decisions that you can make to lessen or or manage the cost of college. But there's a few other principles as well. Should you work? What do you do with credit cards? Those guys giving out frisbees, trying to get you to sign up for a credit card. A few other principles, financial ah, opportunities you need to be aware of in college. So we got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. It's graduation season for those kiddos in high school. Now they're going to make a choice and they're going to either go to college or they're going to go into the workforce, or they're going to go into the military. How do they have financial success regardless of that choice? We're helping you with that today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode's on podcast. You check those out. Go ahead and do so. Uh, Go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search the Wise Money Show and follow us or subscribe to it there. All right, so a little bit more on the college decision. To me, lots of lots of folks either set set the right foundational financial habits in college, or they make they they dig a hole for themselves financially. And now sometimes that digging a hole is student loans, and you can get out of that quickly, you know, if you're mindful of that. But the other hole is is a lot of times people experiment with credit cards, and I've shared on the show before. I was a sucker for a free T-shirt got a credit card because that's what you do, bought something on the credit card because I was, you know, I was like, well, I got to use this thing. And then I saw my first bill and saw the interest and I freaked out and I've never paid interest on a credit card again. (laughs) So I would hope that's your experience. I mean, this is a time when these young adults should be hopefully building some credit. So maybe it is a time to get a credit card if they, if you haven't helped them get one by, um, by, by that time, but never pay any interest. Don't build up credit card debt. Get, maybe get in the habit of use it for gas and pay it off every month, something like that. College is not the time to experiment with debt. It is a time to build credit and, and build that financial reputation. 
Well, I would say it's it's a time to practice making very adult decisions in your financial life. Yeah. So if you're going to borrow money, yeah, how do you do it responsibly? How do you have a plan before you borrow the money instead of just kind of digging this hole because everyone around you is and then making a plan to try to get out of it? If you're borrowing for the purpose of making an investment, like we said in the last segment, then you've already thought through what is this next four years or five years or longer What's it going to do for me in the future? What kind of opportunities is it opening up for me? What kind of skills am I picking up? And uh, what, what kind of career can I have? And that's why, for many people, the most important decision that they, they make is, where am I going to go to school and what am I going to be studying? And you're making that decision with your parents' help, hopefully, but you're doing it at the very beginning of your adult life. And this is a time, so, so be aware of this. If you're out there hunting for colleges and, and universities, this is a time where the demographics uh, are such that there are less students going to be going to school in the future than maybe ever before. And that's just because there aren't as many students going around, right? Mm. And here's what it, it means in that world. They are competing aggressively to try to get you to come to their school. And they're doing it with things like, awesome amenities and amazing facilities and all these awesome perks that feel a little bit like a country club. And when, when you're shopping for a school, you could be distracted by that and lose sight of the fact that, no, I'm going to look for a place to make one of the most important investments of my life. And, and I need to think about that long term, not, not like a child, look at it like an adult. Love it. I, I would also tell you, um, what you've got to choose in college or shortly thereafter, what role you're going to allow debt to play in your life. And specifically with student loans, especially as there's more talk about student loan forgiveness and all sorts of things, we wouldn't, we would encourage you if you've got to take on student loan debt to go to college and you're going to make that investment in yourself using debt. I, I, fine. That's, that's great. Just know Student loan debt's some of the riskiest debt out there, and don't let it fester. Go, get after that thing. Go get a job and pay that thing off as fast as you can. Look at that minimum payment that they tell you to make and scoff at it, okay? Listen to people talk about, well, they're going to forgive these, you know, so maybe just hang on to it, whatever. No, and go attack that thing, gazelle-like intensity. Get rid of that thing. Don't let that debt take a you know, permanent residence in your life. And then, and then just before you say, oh, I'm definitely going to need debt for that. I I do. I like going. I like working in college. I do. I, I did it. It can help reduce your student loans and that burden that that makes. It can teach you things. You know how to how to handle um, conflict with a colleague. How to serve customers. How to how to do um, you know sort of some basic tasks. You'll be more prepared for the workforce when you graduate. I love the idea of working in college, and if it helps helps you with that investment uh, all the better. I agree with you, Mike. Working in college, you, for me, I needed something to take the slack out of my time in college mm-hmm. so that I, I, it, my busiest semesters were my best semesters as it relates to my grade point. And so I, I, I agree. Get something that you're doing and having a purpose. And you're like, well, isn't like when you go to school, isn't it just one job? You have one job. Just do that. Um, that's, that's partially true. Um, but I would, it it is good to have something else that you're focused on and helps round you out as a person, as you said, Mike, 
And the other thing that I would think about is that there, th- things have changed, and a, a lot of kids that were freshmen in the past year or past couple of years have had an interesting experience with going to school and what what is that like? My yeah. son at the University of Michigan went to school and did stood at a standing desk in his dorm room and did class. Um, and <clears throat> I would have proposed, well, you could <laughs> you could have gotten that similar experience standing in my kitchen, Caleb, <laughs> but um, he he didn't um, for a variety of reasons. And his ROTC duties, for some reason, he needed to be there. But I I think a lot of Kids are wondering, do I need to be on campus? There is a cost to being on campus. And I look at that and I'm like, well, you know, there is free college available. You can go to sailor.org, S-A-Y-L-O-R.org. Michael Saylor has created these college courses from the best professors in the world. And you can actually get actual college credit. So if you're listening to this and you think, hey, I never finished my degree, you can go and start learning for free online. It's crazy. It is. It is crazy. And it's going to be more so that way. So I would say, I believe we're going to be seeing some, some radical changes in, in all of this and technology is going to drive some of that. So I would say also be aware of what else is out there. It's interesting. You hear there's fewer students, so there's more colleges clamoring for those students. And you hear there's, there's more intelligence, there's more knowledge on the internet for free than ever before. Boy, shouldn't the cost of college be going down? Maybe there's another force at work. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Kevin, there's there's a second choice. So if for those of you that aren't going off to college or your kids or grandkids aren't going off to college, it's fewer people making this choice, but it's still a great choice and there's financial ramifications. Kevin, you made this choice and one of your kids made this choice and that is to go into the military. Yeah. So. As you said, Mike, there are really two choices. <laughs> go to college or not go to college. <laughs> okay, just just trashing. So I made the choice to go in the military. Part of that was I had gone to school for 13 years, and I was kind of done with it. I felt like my my schooling had always gotten in the way of my education, and I was, I was ready for a change. But I also just since from the time I was born, I had this desire to go kill the bad guys. And as I was growing up, it, we thought we would we would fight the Russians. That's that's what it was. We were in the the throes of the Cold War. The Berlin Wall had not been torn down yet, and that's what we thought. We thought, well, we'll we'll be fighting the Russians. We thought the theater of operation would be in Nicaragua. Um, I was stationed at Fort Ord, California, and we thought, well, that's just kind of what's going to happen. That was our our destiny. And I also wanted a couple other things. I wanted to be independent. I grew up in a small town. And I wanted to see the world. And I knew my dad had told me since I was a wee lad that I was going to be going to college. All right. I'm going to cut you off right there. I want to I want to hear more of that story and hear about your son and then and then get into the financial ramifications as well. So that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. For you that are graduating, whether that's high school or college, and getting a job, how do you how do you get started on the right path? 
financially, okay? And you want to start your life, so you're probably going to buy a car and maybe get an apartment and all sorts of things. And But how do you make sure you've got the right financial habits? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and follow us there. Kevin, I cut you off mid-story about your decision to go into the military, and and obviously your oldest son has has followed that track as well. So so continue, and then let's talk about the financial ramifications of it and financial decisions. So my dad had told me since I was a wee lad I was going to go to college and I was going to make my living with my mind and not my back. And we grew up on the farm, so that did hold some appeal because I <laughs> I had given my back a workout um, <laughs> for the first 18 years of my life. And I said, so, Dad, how are we going to – how am I going to pay for college? And he said, well, we'll figure it out, which to me sounds like not a plan. Um, <laughs> oh, so- I thought these days I thought, I thought that more so sounds like Dad's got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's interesting. Generationally, I, I bet kids hear that today and are like, yeah, that, that means I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. No, I, I was fully aware. And I knew that going in even from eighth grade going into ninth grade, I was going to have to work like crazy in the summers and save money. Now, this was back at a time where you actually could work, save money and pay most of your way through college. Mm-hmm. That That is as inflation has pulled that kind of dream away from folks. It's a little different now. But so anyway, I, I did. I I, um, I went in the Army. I got the GI Bill. I went to Central Michigan University. And um, I paid for my entire school experience. And it was a it was it was amazing for me. My son, Joshua, went in the Army. Um, he was in the Army for three years. And basically all of his college will be paid for. My son Caleb's doing it in reverse. He's going to college, but they're paying the Navy's paying for his college, and then he'll owe the Navy five or six years of his life after that. So, so the question though, the the financial question is, when I left, I I drove a '67 Le Mans home from California. It's the most beautiful car you'd ever seen, full of all kinds of treasures and possessions. And as you know, I like to collect stuff and save <laughs> stuff, and so it was full. And I had a bunch of money. I had like $5,000 of cash. And I knew guys that were leaving the Army with a bus ticket home. That's all they had. Hmm. But those were the same guys that in the evening when you could go to the defect, the dining facility, and eat for free were ordering pizza. Mm -hmm. And when the gut truck rolled up, they were going out there and buying a burrito and a pop and a candy bar. And you're like, "What, what are you guys doing? So there are certain things, and I've learned this about people's mentality, you have to understand what it is that makes you feel rich and then consider that because if what makes me feel rich does not inevitably make me rich, I'm going to have to change something. Yeah, you know what I'm hearing you say, though, is we we talked about going to college and it maybe not being a great investment if if the student doesn't take it seriously or doesn't major in the right things. But you could also go this military route then mm-hmm. and have an amazing opportunity, mm-hmm. amazing resources at your fingertips and still blow it. So mm-hmm. it really does 
boil down to whichever route you're taking out of high school, the choices you're making along the way are are either going to open up more possibilities, more opportunities for you, or you're just burning through money and burning through time. See, to, to me, I, I, I completely agree, and I distill it down to habits. While going into the military, you're starting, you're going to get some income as opposed to going into college, it's going to cost money. But, but there's a choice still with the military. What are you going to do with that income? Are you going to start the habit of saving early in your life, which is probably one of the most important financial habits ever, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to start that habit early or are you going to start the habit of, um, of instant gratification? Hey, boy, that pizza sounds good. I mean, even you say that it's the morning. I could go for a slice right now. I really could. The burrito, hey, as long as it's not microwave where it's like frozen in the middle and lava hot on the edges, that sounds good. But, you know, so so much of our of our habits in life are about delayed gratification and and the law of the harvest and and so much success comes by applying that principle. And and Josh was set up for success because they have the TSP. I didn't have the TSP as an option. They had the TSP when he was in basic training. They said, hey, put 5% of your pay into the TSP and put it in the bond option. So that's what we did. Uh, I helped him put 60% of his pay into the TSP, into the equity side of it, and on the Roth side of it. That's right. So, so, And he's like, Dad, I, I, I lived three years in the military not really missing that money. I still have plenty of money. And I said, D- are you getting it now? This, this, this whole money thing is a little bit of an ongoing Jedi mind trick. It, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the, that foundational decision to do 60 instead of five, to get used to saving instead of used to spending, to save into the Roth, to save into stocks during a very volatile and yet still rewarding time. I, it's amazing what the compound interest will be, not in dollar terms, but in like the magnitude that that can, um, you know, multiply into. So. The, the life habits too, Absolutely. right? I mean, yeah. he, he basically early on put the constraints in place that said, I'm only going to consume this portion of what I produce. The rest of it is going to be channeled into investments that will produce for me someday. And that habit to start at that young age and already have this monster leap forward compared to his peers or what he otherwise would have done, what, what a fantastic way to use the military as a, kind of a launching pad for his life. That, mm-hmm. that is an awesome story. So, and I would, I would say, you know, it's the season of open houses and you're talking about that, Mike, and parents are like, what, what do I get for my kid that, you know, the, my child, the kid who has everything? And I would say, whether they're, if they're going to college, this might not be as applicable, but if they're taking the other option, which is either the military <laughs> or working, I, I would seriously think about saying, well, one of the graduation gifts might be uh, the gift of financial planning. Buy, buy a couple of meetings with a financial planner. We've got financial planners who are just a few years beyond wherever that graduating. Uh, and yet wise. Right. Yeah. Incredibly yet wise. wise and can equip your child, help equip your child with the skills necessary to be successful. I, I completely agree because Joshua wouldn't have those foundational that, that direction if he didn't have a financial planner for a dad. Well, well, he could actually if he paid 
and sought some help from a Sherpa, from a certified financial planner to help get those those habits started. All right, we're, we've got to tuck in this last option, um, and, and that is going and starting in the workforce. Now, some people say, well, I'm not going off to college. I'm just staying home. Yeah, but you're still going to get a job, right? I mean, so one of my favorite graduating seniors right now, Ryan Plummer, one of my favorite because I wish I had that hair and he's a baseball <laughs> star. Um, he's going into uh, into be a firefighter, right? And starting his, his career. So mm-hmm. there again, I think it's the habit of starting saving early and building that habit and managing how much debt or, or what role debt will have in your life. The trick with this one is, yes, you're going to start getting income, but you're also needing to start making some adult decisions, buying the, you know, buying the car, starting rent, those sorts of things, and make sure you do that at the right pace. <laughs> some people get all of that life started right away before they have any of the money built up. And I would say make sure that you that, that you have the right cadence for that. So, all right, we've got a lot more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by... The attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. So you're you're graduating high school. College isn't for you. You're going to start in your, the workforce. How do you how do you make the right financial choices so that you've got a a, a you know a, a head start even. Um, that's what we're helping with you, or helping you with today on the Wise Money Show. This is uh, the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFC studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Go online wisemoneyshow.com and then all of our social media. Find us there. Search the Wise Money Show and follow us there, guys. We got to wrap this up as far as the big choices that you have or the. The three choices you have when you graduate high school, going off to college, sort of the default choice these days, but it's a bigger and bigger investment. And there's a question about making sure you 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 make a you've got a good return on that investment. Mm-hmm. Going into the military, which is all is could could in some circles be considered controversial today, which is disappointing. Financially, really can set someone up for success there, mm-hmm. um, and learn a whole bunch of life skills as well. But it's all about habits. And then there's the option of no, nah, I'm not going to school. I'm not going to the military. I'm going to start working. Get a, get a job financially. If, for those going that route, if that's you or your child or your grandchild, financially, what do you got to do? You know, that one is probably the most tempting to those who otherwise would have considered college or military or whatever, because you hear the stories about peers graduating from high school and they land their first full-time job and they see all this money that they're making. And no matter what that full-time job is, it's more money than they've ever made in their entire life. Any high school job cannot compare, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the risk is, is that it pulls you into a path that maybe doesn't open up more and more possibilities for you. You got to be thinking down the road. Think 10 years down the road. If I go into this J-O-B, what does life look like for me? Is it opening up career opportunities? Is it allowing me to have some upward mobility in my life? 
And, and that's why I, I would encourage you, if you know college is just not for me, and I'm not drawn to the military, I don't feel called into that level of service, uh, so I'm going to go get started working and, and begin a career, I want to encourage you to think about choosing a path based on the skills and the knowledge that you can build and not the initial salary or wage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't don't just settle also for joining a trade and becoming an awesome plumber, a great carpenter, a great electrician. Learn those skills, but also find an opportunity where you can build the other skills, the bonus skills like leadership and supervision. Learn how to be a, a, a salesperson who can persuade others to use your firm services. Gain some exposure to entrepreneurial thinking. And that's where you're, you're building a trade, but also opening up even bigger opportunities for yourself in the future. You won't do that if you just go grab the highest paying job, maybe in a factory somewhere or, or on a line or whatever. Uh, it will be awesome initially, but is it painting a brighter and brighter future for yourself uh, that depends on your approach. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying, Josh. I've earlier in in my life, I went and worked certain jobs that paid really well. But I looked around and I said, "Well, where are the old people here?" And I was a I was a young guy, and I'm looking where are the old people. There aren't there weren't old people there, and I'm like, okay, well. That's the answer. Like, this is not something you could do for the rest of your life. So think about that. And I'm going to kind of restate what Josh already said. So forgive me a little bit. But I am what you're trying to do the whole game is to take your skill set and improve your skill set as you go and have skills that you can trade for more money or skills that are more satisfying to you. You're you're pursuing something that's meaningful work that is soulful. And um, so I would try to do that and increase and increase and increase my skills. Uh, I would give you a couple, I point you to a couple places. If you want to understand that well, go to YouTube and and look up Milton Friedman and listen to him talk about the minimum wage because he explains that why you want to build your skill set. And then as you're, if you're in a job right now and you think I need to do something differently or better, I would go to YouTube and I'd listen to Jordan Peterson talk about how to get a raise, how to uh, make more money, how to improve my skill set, how to make change, because change is very, very difficult. And so those are a couple great resources if you're a youngster or if you're a parent saying, well, how do I help my child? You know, the other thing, though, is if you approach every role that you're in with the intention of giving more than you receive which is very counter-cultural, right? It's, I need to get mine, I need to get paid for what I do. That, that's kind of the mentality out there. But if you said, no, you know, I'm going to go that extra mile, I'm going to do more than is asked of me, that cannot go on without being noticed. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually being rewarded and enhanced because the, the folks that are going to want to invest in you and help you gain those softer skills in addition to some technical skills um, that they will have no choice but to eventually pay you more. And part of that paying you more is by giving you more opportunities and more, more training, essentially. Mm-hmm. And all of that is, is creating an upward spiral for your life um, that, that just paints a better future than you otherwise may have seen.
All right, so I'll be the mean one then, because that's good advice. But I, so I, I was just listening to you guys, thinking, well, I, how do you make this like more tangible? Uh, if you're going into the workforce, start saving fifteen percent in retirement immediately in, into a Roth. Okay, so I don't, I don't care. Like that's just, I'll just universally apply that. And of course, go work with your certified financial planner. Make sure that's the right amount and the right decision. But for ninety nine point nine percent of people, that's the right one. Get a mentor. Someone whose life that you want to kind of um, follow, okay? Build skills. So what does that mean? If you're thinking possibly you'll be working in an office someday, learn how to type. Right now, there's so many people typing with thumbs. <laughs> we, we've lost the art of typing quickly on a keyboard. That is a universal skill. You're going to need to do that any office job. And the faster you can do it, the more valuable you are. And learn communication skills. That's another one that is just missing these days just because of how, how, how culture has shifted. Guys specifically, but this applies to, to everyone, don't buy that pickup truck. Don't buy the pickup truck. Until you're 50. Until you're ready, right? There's so many people that you, you get that job out of, out, of Cal or out of high school, start making some money. And you go buy the pickup truck. You know how many? There's been studies done on this, and how the the great the retirement crisis we're facing right now could be completely blamed on the Ford F one fifty. Like how many people just continue to buy the next truck and the next truck and the next truck and the next truck, and that diminishes their ability to save for the future. And then the last thing, don't don't live in that high-end apartment. You might be able to afford it. You could say yes to that, but you'll have to say no to other things as well. When I graduated from Michigan State, moved down here and uh, and got a job, there was a there was the the first luxury apartment that I'd seen right around the corner here and I'm like, "What? Who who would who would live there?" I'm just out of college. I'm supposed to live in a dump. I'm not paying that sort of price. And now you look around, there's high-end apartments everywhere. All of them are high-end. It's like, it, it's crazy. So that would be nice and it would be plush and all that sort of stuff. But that you could say yes to that. But that means you're devoting more of your hard-earned income towards that cost. And you're and there. You're thereby saying no to a whole bunch of other things. So if I can just be mean and and be kind of apply some universal suggestions that would be it but that is one of the biggest traps right that the pickup truck this, uh, yeah, the pickup truck <laughs> the, the debt the lifestyle in general because for the first time in your life you have a bunch of money more money than what you've ever had and you can leverage that you you've got creditors out there that are saying here take some money from us borrow at these low awesome rates and uh, you can just pay us back in one you know, monthly payment over the, the next seven years or 30 years if it's a mortgage. Yep. And and the risk is, is that you too quickly um, get yourself imprisoned. Mm. And you, you've now taken what was a bright future with lots of options and so much choice. And now you've relinquished that choice because now a a creditor, a banker, a lender has control over bigger and bigger chunks of your income. Mm -hmm. And and you don't have the freedom to direct your your own path because you've obligated yourself. So as soon as you start making money, there are others who are going to have an agenda for you. And that is for you to start buying, start borrowing, and, and quickly uh, they want to part you with your dollars. So yeah. fight that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to make you paranoid, but I would just believe that as soon as you make money, everyone 
that you can see is trying to separate you from that money. Yeah. Just just think that in those terms. Which is why we're on the radio. Yes. You can't see us. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to weave in here because we, we, we certainly appreciate auto owners being a sponsor here. We're in the, we're in the uh, question and answer segment, but we're, we're wrapping this up. But I want to weave in a question here about that truck or about this stage in life. And that is, how do you know the right coverage, the right auto coverage when you're just graduating and and first on your own? How do you know? How do you make a decision about the right type of coverage? Is it name your price tool? Is it is it whatever? So guys, what for the person that buys that truck or maybe has the old beater, they just graduated from from college, they're out on their own. How do they know the right coverage? You know, I I would say it's it's really beginning with who are you going to trust in this area? You know, as, as you um, begin to learn about insurance and, and what it is to deal with risks in your life, to become more and more aware of what those risks are and how you can manage them with things like insurance and good emergency funds and just changes in behavior and patterns and, and things like that. Having an independent insurance agent who can help educate you and help you shop around, essentially. Yeah. You know, we, we love auto owners. They're a strong company, but I also recognize there's other strong companies as well. And and that's one of the things I love about auto owners is they don't they don't work with captive agents who can only offer one brand, so to speak. They say, hey, we want to be considered amongst the most competitive companies out there. And and they recognize that there are some companies that focus on certain demographics or or certain types of risk, and they price themselves to be really competitive in that space. And so an independent insurance advisor is someone who's going to help match you up with the right company, but then also understand your unique risks and get the coverage that makes sense for you. Especially if you're in Michigan. When you talk about the right coverage, you need to understand, hey, do I have health insurance? Can I then change what I'm doing with the PIP, and that's a little bit of jargon, but there there are some decisions that you need to make if you live in Michigan as far as how do I want to insure my vehicle. I think at this stage in life, you're, you're younger than 25, so you're going to pay more for your insurance. Don't yeah. sacrifice coverage. Yeah. Work with an independent agent. Still get good coverage. And uh, and and um, they'll help guide you with deductibles and all that. And know well. the so. factors that that drive the price of your premiums. All right. That is all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.